0: tuning in to Microbiome Matters, a podcast for healthcare professionals and researchers brought to you by Yakult Science. This podcast aims to share latest research and insights from experts about the science behind our gut microbiome.
1: Hi, I'm Niv, and I'm Britt and welcome to the Microbiome Matters podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about the effect of medications on the gut microbiota. We have with us Alastair McKee, a PhD student at the Quadrum Institute. Alastair has spent the past four years investigating how changes in the gut microbiota have the potential to influence health and disease. His most notable work has been identifying the effects of antibiotics on the progression of breast cancer in mice. Those results have recently been published in iScience and he's currently in the final stages of completing his PhD at the Quadrum Institute in Norwich, where their focus is on promoting healthier lives through innovation in gut health, microbiology and food science. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So you're doing some exciting
0: research at the Quadrum Institute and you recently published a paper on antibiotic-induced disturbances within the gut microbiota promoting tumour growth. Could you tell us a bit more about your research and what the key findings are?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as, as you've outlined uh, very nicely in that awesome introduction, thank you for that. I looked at the progression of breast cancer uh, in an animal model where we, we induced the perturbation of the gut microbiota using antibiotics, uh, and then we measured the progression of primary tumors using different breast cancer tumor models to see how a disturbed or unhappy microbiota influences disease progression. And what we found is that if we uh, used antibiotics, we saw an increase in the, the growth rates of primary breast cancer tumors. Uh, at a microbiota level we wanted to try and identify what was going on um, and in one of the antibiotics we used which is a, a cephalosporin antibiotic so it's it's one which is not regularly but is often used um, prophylactically in breast cancer clinics for patients who might be undergoing something like surgery or receiving chemotherapies uh, and we identified that there was a handful of uh, members which were reduced in their abundance in the gut after this antibiotic treatment and so subsequently kind of profiled which ones might be interesting in the context of a protective role and we identified uh One species called fecal redentium which is a member of the murine or mouse microbiota but it does have like a a human homologue called holdermanella biformis and what we did is we supplemented this bacteria back into the animal after we'd induced breast cancer and we found that it actually reduced the the primary tumor to levels uh, equal to those of control so it had this rescue effect so it was kind of demonstrating this important role microbiota in protecting the animal against uh, tumor progression. The other thing we found is uh, we did what's called single cell RNA sequencing, where we profiled the gene expression in different cell types within our tumors and as part of that process, we, in a long-winded way, we ended up identifying a potential uh, immune cell which was involved in, in driving this uh, this increased tumor growth called mast cells, which is kind of unusual because mast cells tend to be associated more with things like allergic reaction and anaphylaxis. Uh, and what we, what we found is when we inhibited the activity of those mast cells using a medication which is kind of used, uh, again, to treat allergic reactions and anaphylaxis, we found that inhibiting the function of those mast cells, again, reduced tumor volumes back down to control levels. Uh, but that was only evident in animals that had been treated with antibiotics. So if, if animals were treated with a vehicle control, um, that medication called chromalin didn't rescue tumor growth below control levels. It only affected it when antibiotics was involved. And that was important because it was demonstrating that the microbiota was involved in affecting the activity of these mast cells in our model. So, yeah, that's that's the, the crux of the research. That's what we published in iScience, uh, essentially showing that, that the microbiota is involved in regulating breast cancer.
0: are some really interesting findings. Hopefully there's more research around this topic. So talking about research, there's a lot of research around the negative effects of antibiotics on the gut microbiota. Could you elaborate on how antibiotics may disrupt our gut microbiota?
2: Sure. So I think uh, a starting point is, is to get the idea of kind of what a healthy microbiota is. So I'm sure you've had guests on before who, who described that it's quite hard to define exactly what a healthy microbiota is. In, in a broad sense, what we look for is, is biodiversity. So the more biodiverse your gut microbiota is, the happier it tends to be, the better it behaves in, in terms of the, the functional capacity it can influence on your health and well-being. And obviously, what antibiotics do, uh, being drugs which uh, kill bacteria, is they reduce the overall bacterial biodiversity within your gut. Um, now, generally speaking, that's if you're if you're exposed to antibiotics for a short period or, or like a one-off treatment to treat an infection. Although it's not good for your gut microbiota, you, your gut microbiota is quite hardy. It tends to be able to recover fairly consistently. There's an array of studies detailing how long that might take, from between a couple of weeks after to six months after, but eventually it should recover. The real concern is when we use antibiotics persistently. So if you have people who suffer from recurring bacterial infections and they receive antibiotics regularly, that's when we can start to experience problems in your microbiota recovery. Um, And what that's been associated largely in preclinical models, but increasingly we're seeing it in in some uh, human studies, is that it can promote inflammatory conditions. So anything from something like irritable bowel syndrome right the way through to inflammatory bowel disease and even colorectal cancers. So I don't think it's a it's specifically causative, but what happens is when the microbiota function is, is no longer uh, doing what it would normally do in terms of supporting your immune system, it facilitates the, uh, the development and the progression of these diseases. And so that's kind of what the research is showing us now. That's
1: really insightful hearing about reoccurring use of antibiotics that may impact the gut microbiota more. Are there any other factors that could determine the severity of the impact of antibiotics on the gut microbiota?
2: Sure. So um, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with the terms uh, broad spectrum or narrow spectrum antibiotics. So these terms are referring to the the scope of the types of bacteria that the antibiotics can attack or kill. Generally, obviously, broad spectrum will cover increased numbers of species, and narrow will cover fewer. So I think that's a starting point. So obviously, in terms of trying to maintain a high biodiversity, the fewer bacteria you kill, the better. That being said. When you use narrow-spectrum antibiotics, you're targeting, as I say, a smaller number of species. And by removing those species, what can happen is you leave an ecological niche open so that potential what we call pathobionts. So these are bacteria which exist normally exist in your gut quite happily, but in certain situations they occupy these niches and they can become problematic as a result. So when you use narrow-spectrum, you can potentially facilitate the outgrowth of So you facilitate them colonizing these spaces that you have removed potentially good bacteria from by using these antibiotics. Um, But I think the the biggest thing is not so much using the different antibiotics. It's more the, the length of time that you're exposed to antibiotics. So whether that be persistently in broken periods or over a longer time to treat an infection, the longer you're exposed to them, the harder it will be for your uh, microbiota to recover downstream. You kind of develop these characteristics that your microbiota becomes used to not having certain members after they've not been there for for a while. And so I think that's the the main thing is really how long you're exposed to to antibiotics. So certainly I think maybe using narrow spectrum over broad spectrum would be a better idea if possible. Um, But largely, if you just generally think of the, the the less amount of time I'm exposed to them and the fewer numbers of times I'm exposed to antibiotics, the better my microbiota will be able to recover and carry out those useful functions that we know it does.
0: Great. So till now, we've spoken about more of the negative effects of antibiotics on the gut microbiota. But we know that antibiotics are useful and important in treating certain health conditions, especially in cases where the gut is colonized by highly pathogenic microbes. Um, Are there cases where antibiotics are used to improve the composition of the gut microbiota?
2: So I think this is a good question. One thing I'd be, uh, you know, I'd want to make clear is that I, I don't want to scaremonger and try and say that people should never use antibiotics. Antibiotics are massively important uh, in, in modern medicine, uh, and they absolutely have their uses. What we're trying to advocate for is that their use should be cautious and people should really think about how and when to use them. Uh, in terms of if they improve the microbiota, as you've uh, said there, Niv, for sure they they target bacterial infections. They reduce um, the risk of disease, and that in, in and of itself is, a, is an improvement because you're removing these pathogens. Um, but in the context of being used to improve uh, an unhealthy microbiota, maybe that isn't, uh, you know, experiencing infection per se. I myself haven't haven't heard of uh, any studies showing that they improve the composition. The only thing I can think where they kind of tested that sort of hypothesis is, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term fecal microbiota transplant. So patients who, uh, who suffer from C. difficile infections, which is a bacteria that causes severe diarrhea, they've tested the use of pre-antibiotics prior to using an FMT to see if using antibiotics before you, you give the FMT proves the colonization of that FMT. So fecal microbiota transplant, just to define it, is essentially taking a healthy microbiota from a donor person and implanting it into somebody who is suffering from a C. diff. Cell, for example, a, a microbiota which is unhappy. And so the hypothesis was by using antibiotics, you reduce the competition and uh, other effects of an unhealthy microbiota and you should hypothetically allow for an easier colonization of, of the new microbiota. But actually what they what they found is when they tested a pre-antibiotic treatment and then an FMT versus FMTs without pre-antibiotics, there wasn't actually a significant change in that it was in a, a preclinical uh, mouse model. There wasn't a significant difference between how the FMT samples colonized the gut. And so actually what they were showing is that antibiotics weren't really helping process of FMT colonization. I guess my answer would be apart from using antibiotics to treat infection, I don't think that they really should, should be used or are being used at least or trying to improve the shape of your microbiota.
1: It's fascinating to hear about the research that's exploring antibiotics. Uh, based on the current evidence though, do we know how any non-antibiotic medications may interact with the gut microbiota?
2: So this, this, is, a, this is a really exciting question. Um, because it's an area that is recently gaining a bit more traction in the in the scientific community so over the past sort of two decades we've realized how important the microbiota is and we've started to define the various functional roles it has um, of, of improving health around you know educating our immune system helping us uh, process certain plant materials etc and then we've started to look at the effect of well we know antibiotics kill bacteria What is that influence on the microbiota which is what we've been discussing and so now that we have this general understanding of the risks involved in using things like antibiotics we're considering okay well if antibiotics have these effects what is the potential for other drugs to do the same thing right um, as i say it's an area grading, uh, gaining a lot of traction recently there's not loads of uh, studies out there detailing uh, the, um, the array of different medications and their effects but there are a few so uh, as i i'm looking at uh, cancer one of the things that has been shown is the use of chemotherapies, which are obviously extremely useful drugs, uh, in, in, in treating cancer, but they are very toxic, uh, chemicals. Um, and what's been shown is that they definitely have an influence, a negative influence on the microbiota. So they cause something called, I think it's musco, muscositis. I'm not sure if I'm uh, saying that correctly, but essentially what it does is it, it uh, creates inflammation in the mucosal membranes of the gut, uh, and basically causes things like, um, inflammation and, uh, ulcers and that in terms of so that mucosal uh, membrane is a is a is a place where there's a lot of interaction with the, uh, the microbiota and our human cells and so by causing this this inflammation and that lining you, you inhibit a lot of the effects that the microbiota can exert on 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 us um, so certainly there is definitely uh, some research that started to look in that area but there's absolutely going to be a lot more i think in the next five to ten years detailing a bit more you know non-antibiotic medications and their effects on the microbiota Sure. I think I think the, the, the take home is anything that you put into your body at some level is going to interact with your microbiota, whether that be food, whether that be medication, whatever it is, it's going to interact and, and have some effect. And it's kind of up to us to, to work out the ways that we can use that characteristic positively rather
0: than negatively. That's really exciting to hear. Hopefully there's more and more research around non-antibiotic medications as well in the future. So antibiotic-associated diarrhea and C. difficile infection are commonly observed in patients who take antibiotics, and the chance of relapse is quite high in both of these conditions. How could this affect the gut microbiota in the long term? And do we know if there are ways to prevent the relapse through lifestyle
1: interventions?
2: Yeah, so we've kind of uh, already touched a little bit on C. difficile. So as we know, it's it's actually it's interesting. So C. difficile infections often occur after a course of antibiotics. So you've taken antibiotics. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you can open up these uh, spaces in these ecological niches within your gut. That C. difficile can then colonize and cause the problems that it causes. And traditionally, one of the treatments is, again, to throw more antibiotics at the problem. So it's using antibiotics which we know target C. difficile, right? And that generally clears up the uh, the infection. Uh, but as you've said, it's often a short-term solution. So you get recurring C. difficile in patients. Uh, we mentioned earlier fecal microbiota transplants, and that's a, that's a new avenue that doctors are pursuing. Uh, and one of the benefits to that is, obviously, you don't need to use antibiotics. But actually, it's almost like curative. Whereas antibiotics... Uh, a short-term fix to a long-term problem, these FMTs tend to be far more successful in preventing uh, recurring C infections. So for me, what I like about that is you're not looking to fix the problem with something that has negative impacts. You're using something which is only having a positive influence on the microbiota. Uh, So yeah, in terms of long-term recovery, that's the avenue that they tend to be going down now using things like faecal microbiota transplants. And I think we'll probably find kind of personalised FMTs based on different uh, infections, specifically with regards to like antibiotic resistant infections. I think the avenue that we'll look, will certainly uh, in terms of gut infections, will be things like FMTs and live biotherapeutic products as well. So essentially probiotics, which are tailored for specific purposes of treating specific diseases.
1: Great, thank you. I think you've already... Almost touched on this um, question we have, where you've mentioned that you know in some cases medications are not avoidable, but there are other strategies coming through in the research now that could counteract negative effects of certain medications on the gut. Are there any strategies that you haven't mentioned, or could you tell us a bit more about the strategies to counteract these negative effects?
2: Sure. Uh, so again, this is another exciting area, and again, it's one that's um, gaining traction within the microbiota research field so i think i'm sure you guys uh, will will know the term probiotic and prebiotics quite uh, familiarly and essentially i think that's where it's going to go down so obviously when you take antibiotics you you really disturb the it quite significantly even even taking a narrow spectrum it will it will have quite an influence and so the first thing you want to think about is when you come towards the end of that treatment what's the best way of of trying to promote an efficient and healthy recovery right so i think there's been a few studies which have looked at simultaneous use of probiotics with antibiotics um, and i think there is some support in that the way i i viewed the kind of biology behind the system i think that's probably not the most efficient way to support recovery because if you think about it when you take antibiotics your body is already under stress it's already likely dealing with an infection and i think putting in even healthy bacteria into the system is just taken away from the focus of what those antibiotics are doing so those antibiotics are likely going to be affecting the probiotic species you're taking in some capacity as well i think what we need to look at is after you've had a course of antibiotics what probiotics should we be taking in order to facilitate the recolonization of our gut in a healthy way. Um, And I think after probiotics, you'll be thinking about things like prebiotics, which are supplements that support the microbiota, which is already there. So whereas probiotics are live bacteria that you are taking for a specific purpose and are there to improve colonization and support your gut, prebiotics are being taken to support the bacteria which are already present there. I think by doing that, you'll probably find that people will be able to speed up the rate at which their gut recovers after antibiotics, for sure. And I mean, I know that there's already plenty of studies which show that taking, not necessarily in line with antibiotics, but with chemotherapies, there's a lot of preclinical research showing that probiotics and prebiotics and a healthy gut microbiota improve the efficiency and efficacy of things like chemotherapies in the way that they work. Um, So absolutely, I think that's probably Uh, something to consider after taking a course of antibiotics is is something that is going to help your microbiota recover more quickly and and more efficiently. That said, in terms of prebiotics, just starting with, you know, a really balanced diet. So uh, eating things which are high in fiber, we say it all the time, but uh, things which are high in fiber, so legumes, nuts, certain vegetables, these kind of things are all foods which contain the biomolecules that bacteria want in order to do their job correctly, so to speak. I hope that answers the
0: question. (laughs)
1: That's really fascinating. Thank you so much. I think that's just about all we've got time for today. But it's been really interesting to hear about the role of medications and your insights onto the use of antibiotics on the gut microbiota. We've really enjoyed chatting with you.
2: Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks. And learning more about your research at Quadrum has been really insightful too, Um, and hearing about the focus on the link between antibiotic-associated changes on the gut microbiota and tumour development and progression. Uh, But
0: before we go, we've got one last question for you. What's one thing that you do to look after your gut?
2: I think uh, uh, I'd answer this simply by just by lifestyle. So I think rather than thinking about Things uh, I don't like to, to, although I've used the word already, using it as a as a diet. For me, saying a diet is is something which is like short lived and it's for an end goal of losing weight or whatever. I think lifestyle decisions and changes. Those are the best ways to, to do it. So making commitments to eating you know, a healthy <laughs> healthy diet. There you go. <laughs> but making decisions to pursue those changes long term. Exercise absolutely helps with your microbiota. There's uh, evidence showing that the gut-brain axis benefits from, um, from exercise. And yeah, just trying to eat well, uh, and live well, uh, and avoid too much of the bad things like drinking beers, those sorts of things. So where you can focus on things that you know are going to support your, your gut health.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Looks like you're really looking after your gut.
2: (laughs) Trying to, (laughs) trying to. No one's perfect.
0: (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. For more information and to sign up for future episodes of our Microbiome Matters podcast, go to yakult.co.uk forward slash HCP.